0: Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast for dental professionals, featuring the insights and expertise of fellow dental professionals. Let's welcome our host, Stephen Kuza. Good morning, Bridge Dental Podcast listeners. Uh, we're coming to you live with Dr. Robert Soto. He's in San Francisco, California. It's, it's 10 a.m. here in Michigan, but it's 7 a.m. there in San Fran. How are you doing, Dr. Soto? I'm doing just fine. Yeah. Happy to do this bright and early. Yep. Thanks for getting up early, rocking and rolling before you start you know, seeing all your patients today, we appreciate you jumping on the Bridge Dental podcast. And uh, for those of you listening, I'm very excited to talk to Dr. Robert Soto. owns his own practice. Uh, he's really big into con- cosmetic dentistry. Uh, works in a in a very, um, I would say, a busy marketplace in San Francisco. So we're going to talk to him about all the things he's doing, how he's become a successful practice owner. Um, and Dr. Soto, are you ready to rock and roll? I'm ready. Let's do it. So uh, with with getting us started, kick us right off. Um Robert, tell us where you're at today as a dentist let's let's identify and kind of give the picture and context to the listeners of who Dr. Robert Soto is and where you're at today
1: Sure, sure. um so again, I'm Dr. Robert Soto. I am a general dentist. I do uh, a lot of cosmetic dentistry. It's something that I, that I absolutely love. um I am here in San francisco, california. I've been practicing here for oh I guess uh, eleven or twelve years now um and uh, and and yeah, I, I it, I'm right in downtown. I'm in a building right now. I'm on the 14th floor of a 16, 17 floor building, and uh, it's it's filled with dentists. And I moved about three years ago to this newer office or or brand new office, and uh, I was at a building a block and a half away that was 26 floors of all dentists. So there's as you said, this is a very busy marketplace. There are tons and tons of dentists in uh, a few block radius around here
0: well um I appreciate you sharing that it give give us some context understanding of where exactly you are um, man that, that is interesting let's just dive right into that so sure. tell us a little about the experience of opening up a practice in in downtown San Francisco in this busy marketplace finding your location sounds like you moved once uh, t- just walk us through that that's a, that's a very interesting starting point for your story sure well I didn't start the
1: practice from scratch um, I found uh, I had an associateship at a, at an office downtown here. And um and it was an amazing associateship. And I kind of knew from the start that this is where I wanted to be. And they, you know, they always tell you to, you know, if you, if you can start, like, when you get out of dental school, if you can get into a practice that practices the way that you want to practice, that that's, you know, that would be ideal, because that way, you can kind of keep going in that in that path. So, this practice was only a two day a week thing for me. And I was working at other offices um, and they were maybe different offices, not exactly how I wanted to practice. Uh, but I always knew that this was the the spot for me. So eventually when the doctor retired, we had this very smooth, long transition, which is very atypical. Most transitions are very fast. They, you know, one doctor's in, the doctor's out, but um, this one was, was literally a five-year transition. It was a two and a half years where wow. I was, associate and then two and a half years where he was the associate and you don't get that without having two people really work nicely together and get along well together so um fortunate to have a a great mentor um and again it's it's a a rare thing so regardless the practice was already was already here and um i was just able to take it over and then transform it uh from a, a you know a good reputable restorative practice to something that uh definitely has a, has a lot more cosmetic emphasis uh, on it. And what's, what's very helpful is like when you get into these situations where you're not on street level, you know, you don't have, um, you know, visibility in that way, you have to learn, you have to, try everything because you have to mm-hmm. get the attention of patients. And so you were doing, you know, our online marketing, trying just about everything you're, you know, I, I built, um, my own websites and I'm not like, I mean, I used, I used, uh, like Weebly or, you know, Squarespace, things like, yeah. this. um, but, but, uh, you know, you, you just have to pay a lot of attention to, to what the world sees so that, so that you can put your, you know, your best foot forward and, and be that, you know, um, be the thing that attracts them the most when they're scrolling along Google and all. So anyway, uh, for a long time, I've been working on that stuff and and now it's rolling. And then it also, you know, you as as part of like the cosmetic dentistry stuff, you know, it's, it's you, you have to have a lot of good um, examples of your work. Um, you have to have amazing reviews online. I mean, it's like, it's a whole thing when you're not very visible, when you're hidden in a, in a little box, <laughs> in a high rise, um, But you know everybody makes it work, and that's one way to do it because you obviously have the insurance way where you can right. have a bunch of insurances and just have people you know send send um have the insurance to send them to you. But um, that's that's not the way I did it, and and uh, you know it's fine; it worked out very well for me. So uh, I, I can't even remember your first question, but no, you're good. That, that
0: makes sense. That makes sense. You're just talking about how you're driving business to you, to you. Um, but were you able to? I mean, it's different. I think about like, you know, the dental practice on the right side of the street. So I can just make all right turns, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's what you think of no left turns in my life, but you know, you're in the middle of this building. Uh, so to increase visibility, except that's, that's not easy to do. You have to do it. Uh, so you you've done that through Instagram. You've done that through some of the social media marketplace as well. Um, sh- sharing your work. And then, and then also becomes, if you do good work, it's, it's also word of mouth. Uh, correct. So I'm sure you guys with your previous mentor and you, you guys have built up quite the reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And with Instagram, I mean, that was like 2015 or 16 that, that I got started with that. And, um, you know, that that was... You know that's like a megaphone. I mean that that's you know way easier to get your information out or get your examples of your work out there and to uh, get patient get potential patients. Um, you know to see what what you're doing and you know it took a while to kind of figure that stuff out and to to even realize like what is appropriate to post and what's going to work well for you. But that that yeah that's amazing. That that's a lot better than than uh I mean and, it, and it's it's free. You know you're not paying paying companies uh, who over promise, um, you know, what they could do and, and then just don't really deliver. So, so anyway, yeah, that that's really good. And same thing, like with your websites, it's like, you have know, this beautiful website, but you know, who's gonna, who's gonna see it? Like, you know, Instagram is incredible. I, I know you've had other people talk about that stuff, but in my experience, there's so currently there's nothing that beats that, but you know, you always have to be on the lookout, like what is next? Cause who knows, maybe that won't be a, be the big thing in uh, in a few years.
0: And just, it's it's interesting to me. It's like wildly competitive. I mean, I don't know if you said you're like in this 20 story building, you're on floor 17, I think you said, or maybe it's 14, yeah. 14, sorry. And I just can, I kind of imagine like, man, if I go to floor four, I got a dentist office and then I go to floor 14 and then your, your office. So it's literally like competition as I'm coming up the elevator. But maybe you guys, I don't know, do you guys feed off each other well? Is it, is it wildly competitive or is, is it just that your patients come right to you? It's not that big of a deal that there's other dentists within that building. Oh yeah. No, there's,
1: there's nothing like that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know most of the dentists in my building, unfortunately, but I know everyone on my floor. Um, yeah. And, and we all, I mean, it's actually a really great thing, you know, when you have dentists, at, um, who are close by, cause I mean, I, if I need a, an emergency, uh, you know, if I'm going on vacation, I need someone to help me out with emergency. It's like the guy, the doctors right across the hall, they'll help you out with that. And the patient okay. has to find a new address. They're just walking straight up to your place. Pretty much.
0: So, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: It's um, definitely not a competition thing. I, I mean, I, yeah, every, in every, this is one way to get your patients in a, in a situation like mine, but there are others. So,
0: okay. Um, Robert, tell us, you know, you got into cosmetic dentistry, um, but let, let's take a step back. And before you started to kind of go down that, um, you know, niche or, or just interest of, of the art of cosmetic dentistry, um, you did your residency, um, that, but you, you grew up in San Francisco, you went to dental school in San Francisco. Now your practice is in, is in San Francisco. Just, just talk us through your love for San Francisco, what it means to you to be in the community. Yeah, you know, my
1: my um whole family, like my parents, they were born here in San Francisco. My wife, she's born here in San Francisco. Her parent, uh, well, not her parents, but her whole family. Um, I, I lived in San Francisco when I was like a little kid. We moved to the East Bay to to Hayward, moved to, well, anyway, just all over the, the Bay Area, really. Um, and eventually made my way back over here. So yeah, I do love San Francisco and it's it's a it's an interesting place. It's um there's there were just there's a lot of, you know, transplant people here and, and, uh, you know, you'll have companies where there's like a hundred employees and there's like one person, you know, who, who actually is from San Francisco or, you know, even from the state really, or right. you know, it's a, it's an interesting place. I mean, now things are changing with, with COVID and people can like work so remote, but, um, but yeah, a lot of people are attracted to the, to the city and they come in and, and it's, it, it is interesting that that there are fewer and fewer people who are, you know, like born and raised here in San Francisco. Um, but yeah, I, I do love, I do love the city. It's it's just a, a gorgeous place, and um, happy to happy to be here.
0: So, um, what started you down the dentistry line? What what started that interest for you? Yeah, I was I was um, uh, let's see, I, I was uh, I went to San Jose State College,
1: and um, I, I I didn't really oh I wanted to be a marine biology major. That's what it was. So I was I was studying marine biology. And uh, I was volunteering at like the Oakland Zoo out here, I was volunteering at the Marine Mammal Center, doing all sorts of animal type of stuff. And um, and it was great and it was fun, but I but I realized pretty quickly that you know like the the zoologist, the marine biologist, the people that I was working with, they're just kind of cleaning up after animals and then <laughs> logging it in or something like that. You know, I felt that's what I my experience was. It wasn't like some adventurous thing, so. I don't know. At one point, I it, it, was, it was interesting. I just went to. Um, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. We went to some dinner party, and for some reason, everyone there was, uh, or many people there were, UC USC um, dental students. So, okay. uh, and they and like we're they're like just talking about dentistry like crazy. They're pulling X rays out of their <laughs> pockets and they're looking <laughs> at them and they're like nerding out over them. And I'm like what is going on? Like, why do these people care so much about this? And, uh, anyway, I talked to one of the guys and, and he's like, you know, why don't you meet up with my uncle? Who's a, who's a dentist and maybe you can like shadow him. And and so I was thinking about transitioning anyway. Um, okay. so I ended up meeting with a guy and I got very fortunate. He was, he was, uh, um, transitioning into, he was trying to uh, go through the AACD certification. So he was seeing these patients doing these cosmetic treatments on them. And uh, he's trying to get this accreditation, and so that's kind of what I walked into. I, I walked into seeing a cosmetic dentistry practice. I didn't walk into a practice that was doing a lot of root canals and just you know drill and fill kind of stuff. Like he was really aspiring to do some cosmetic dentistry, and I thought it was amazing. And that's what I thought dentistry was. So that that from the very beginning is what I intended to do when I switched over to towards towards uh, dentistry um and then I was pretty far along in my in my college career so I ended up doing like a fifth year to uh, of college to kind of get the right classes in order okay Um, and then I went to and then I went to UOP and uh and I was fortunate enough to just like I went to the admissions they're like you know hey basically you gotta get your grades up and you gotta uh you gotta do very well on this uh DAT test and I did those things like that. They said, I brought my DAT test to them and I, and I, um, uh, and they were like, apply, go for it. So I applied that was the one school I applied to and they just, they got me in and, um, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Oh my God. So that's what we call some dentistry destiny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you go to the random dinner party and it's a nerd out with dentistry there and that kind of helped you, you know, make that transition. That's incredible. That's kind of a cool story and uh which which brought you where you are today and i I think one of the cool things i was reading about you um you were resident of the year so i I love i love just seeing that this sounds interesting to me tell us a little bit about when you were in residency how did you become resident of the year well there's only six residents
1: so it wasn't that bad (laughs) i don't know i i really think because i because i like oral surgery a lot too and i i feel like i was the only one Willing to pull out teeth uh, at the residency for some reason, so or to like not shy away from from any any hard cases. So I I feel like that made that help a lot, uh, but or that helped out a lot. But um, but residency, yeah. I just I did an A.G. residency, so you have your G.P.R.s, you have your A.G.D.s. Um, and at the time when I was coming out of dental school, the the jobs were scarce. Like right now, it's a little bit different. Me trying to hire, um, I don't get uh, well, I mean, from the last time I hired, I wouldn't get a ton of, of applicants, you know, maybe like 20, 25 applicants. But, um, but when I came out, there were so many people applying for, for associate positions. Um, I know for this office, this doctor here, there, he had 125, um, resumes uh, for, for this one, two day a week, Thursday, Friday position that he had. And, um, I was twenty. One of twenty-five people. I mean, sorry, only twenty-five of them had residencies under their belt. And so for him, it was overwhelming. So he just tossed, you know, anyone who didn't have a residency, and just looked at these twenty-five people. And somehow, out of that that group, I was able to to get this associate position. Um, so I'm I'm very glad I did it. And that was sort of a strategic thing for me, is I just I wanted to to learn more, you know, get get faster, and um and and really just sort of set set myself up for, for success. And I think it was very, very helpful because, um, I've had a number of associates over the years and it's, and, and you can see a little bit of the difference in someone who has a residency or not, especially the younger doctors. And I I prefer to hire a newer doctor, um, compared to someone with a lot of experience and and only because it's like they, sometimes they, they have some bad habits that it's not, it's not, they have bad habits, but, you know, when you, when you're running a practice, you, you kind of want them to practice a certain way right? and um, if you know, yeah. So habits, you know, they're used to practicing one way and, you know, it might be hard to get them to to, to veer a different way. And then usually what I'm talking about is speed, you know, when you're, I, I would call this a boutique practice and, and okay. you, know, you need people, you, you just can't like plow through people. You have to, um, you know, take time with, with everyone and lots of follow up. I mean, calling patients after treatment's done um you know just to check in on them uh I, I don't know there's there's so much coming in early like you know 7 a.m i mean i'm already here so we right. <laughs> don't start till 830, but i'm already here at 7 a.m most most every day you know um so anyway there's a lot of extra time that's involved and you get a younger doctor you can let them know like this is how we're doing the how we're doing it and i think at first maybe they're not loving that because they don't have as many patients so like why am i here so early but it doesn't take long for them to see like all the benefits how prepared they are for their patients how how you know making those phone calls after after work has really really like builds a trust with with you and the patient and um how happy they are about it
0: and i mean that's not it's not a this is a pretty big generalization but you've just seen that more with some of the younger docs that you've hired that came through residency
1: um well i'm saying they i'm just saying yeah well they 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 have the you know if you're a higher, younger doctor you need A little extra experience. I got you. Okay. Or they got that extra year. Yeah, at least some maturity. Well, you know, because in the residencies, they're learning, you know, you jump from maybe two patients a day in dental school to now you're seeing, I don't know, four to six patients a day in residency for a year. So there is that bit of transition there. And they're doing just about everything. They should be doing their root canals, they should be doing, you know, placing some implants, some perio procedures. Whereas the first year for someone coming out of dental school, it might just be all fillings and cleanings you know, they, they, they might, they're not really going to get a ton of experience. So.
0: So, you know, you, you mentioned the practice that you're currently in. It was when you were an associate kind of doing your apprenticeship or just as an associate, um, you wanted to find, I like how you kind of worded this. It's like, you wanted to find the the practice that you wanted to be in, in the, for the long run, Or the way you wanted to practice dentistry, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, and then it also turned out that this was a practice that you ended up taking over, Yeah. Um, So was this more the practice that you were, was it, was it more cosmetic or or did you bring that to the table?
1: Uh, This particular practice, um, the dentist, the dentist was great. And he was doing cosmetic dentistry, not, not a ton. And, um, and yeah, it's interesting. This is a sort of a different, a different point, um, because I think like when I was trying to get into cosmetic dentistry, you know, you see these cosmetic dentists out there and, and you think like, my God, they must be doing, case every single day you know like multiple cases you know just just all the time like morning case afternoon case but that is not how it works you know you you um uh, a lot of these cosmetic dentists you know they're doing um you know a a a couple cases a month and and that's that's really it but to the young dentist you're you know you just see I, i saw it recently someone posted it about like like on Instagram you're seeing a highlight reel you know you're just right. seeing, you're only seeing the the best stuff and that's not to say that, that that anyone has like a bunch of terrible stuff but the frequency the way we perceive things it just seems like every single day they're like doing case after case after case um and and maybe nowadays people are doing more just because in society people are more willing to do this type of dentistry but yeah. you know back like 6 8 years ago um uh, it was still, it was definitely like still less um common to do these things outside of like southern california or i don't know maybe you know certain certain uh, areas so regardless um you know i i i thought that was going on and i would go to these classes and i would and then after i you know we would have some social hour you know and i talked to the docs and i'm like hey so you're teaching this stuff like what is your day like how often are you doing these cases like every single day and i'm like this is the instructor and he's like you know, I'm happy if you can do a case, uh, you know, if I can cement a case and prepare a case uh, each month. And I'm like, my mind is blown. Like they're <laughs> teaching this class and it's a hands-on class because it gives them more experience, you know, like that's, this is their way to actually what you're be, you know, more, you know, hands-on and, and do more dentistry. So, um, so I think for, especially for like a lot of young dentists out there, I think they, they need to realize that like these bigger cases that you're seeing every single day, like, you know, you have to take a step back and look and like, they're not, this is not happening every single day. You also might be seeing like parts of the process, you know, you might see um, four, you know, very interesting things that all look like someone's doing a lot of dentistry, but it's like just four stages of the same person, the same case. Um,
0: again, I'm just like totally veering off, whatever. You're, no, you're, you're, you're right <laughs> on point. You're good. Uh, you know, just like I'm thinking about you, your career and the patients it took, you know, some people would not have gone through that route to, because you were basically done with marine biology sounds like um, before you went to dental school and then you still had to, it's like, get your grades up, study for this, you know, the, the DAT and then keep moving forward and then come to dental school, then do a resident. Like you, you took your time, like you had a lot of patience, which probably serves you well in, in cosmetic dentistry to have your time or take your time with these cases.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean the, the yes. Well, I think, I think, those might be a little bit separate but yes it does take it does take a lot of effort and a lot of time and when you do a cosmetic case um for me like every single case that I do is just um you know I treat it with kid gloves and Mm -hmm. I go into every single case like this is always at the forefront of my mind is that is that this is someone's face and this is uh this is going to last this is going to change their face for a very long time and and i always say this to my patients that this is a big deal and they know it's a big deal but i want them to know that i think it's a big deal and know that it's a big deal because um it it, it just is you know like you can't you can't half-ass these things right on top of these things you know if you um you know, if you do some work for someone and you're at some stage and the patient has a lot of anxiety about stuff and they're concerned about what the final result is going to look like, like you need to take the time to talk to them or bring them in or do something to to get it right or to just or to reassure them that this is going to be OK. So, I mean, all my patients, they all get my cell phone like we're texting back and forth and stuff. And and um, yeah, I mean, and it's and it's really great. I mean, on a, on a separate subject too, like after like all like maybe not all of them, but so many of them, I mean, they become, I mean, the, at least your acquaintances, you know, very, you're very friendly with them. I mean, they, they continue to come here after, you know, for their checkups and, and all that stuff. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's this great relationship that you build with your patients uh, when you do cosmetic dentistry that, you know, you're not going to get from any other type of, of work. Like maybe, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a while and and the practice practice has been here for a very long time. It's a, I mean, if, if you continue it from the previous doctor, we're, pushing now 50 years <laughs> uh, of oh. the same office. And I have patients, I have many patients that have been here for 40 years uh, at this point. Um, and, uh, and like, I feel like you've kind of like those relationships are, are gold. And when you do cosmetic dentistry on someone, you really fast track those relationships to where, you know, you've spent so much time with them. It's been so personal. And you've been again, going back and forth with them. So um, like, yeah, that's just another side effect is just or another side benefit is is these relationships that you build people there, they're awesome. I mean, I I love what I have going on with with so many of my patients.
0: How many operatories do you
1: guys have? I have five operatories. Um, yeah, a couple hygiene, one um, yeah, two, two ops for me, and then one sort of extra one.
0: Okay. Do you um one of the things I want to kind of go back to here is your buying process, you know, what what you went through there. Um, you know, talking to, to, to maybe some young dentists out there, when you went through that process, what was that like for you? And I kind of want to sequence this to maybe some of the best practices that you guys have today to, to like, like you just mentioned, you give your client, your, um, uh, your patient, the, your cell phone number, your, you guys have really good follow-ups. I want to kind of get there, but let's start with when you got into the practice and you purchased it, what was that experience like for you? overwhelming
1: <laughs> definitely like it um i don't i don't consider myself like i'm not like a like a big numbers guy um you know i i, I do what i have to do but okay. you know I, I know there are other people out there who are just like yeah, you know, i don't know they feed off of that stuff like they're really you know into the, to knowing every every aspect of their of their practice and all and you know maybe that's why i'm probably that that's another i mean i'm busy enough with this office but i don't really have any desire i never saw myself having the desire to have a second practice anyway buying for me again this was a transition type of thing so it was nice because i was already in the practice and then the, and then the owner was was um the one who who said like you know let's talk about about you know uh you you purchasing the practice and and yeah that was great and i was very happy to do so but you know it's just one of those overwhelming things where where at that moment it's like you switch gears from being someone who you know who is an employee who has time right. on it, and <laughs> who can, who can do stuff after work, you know, to all of a sudden just like the faucet of paperwork and DocuSigns and all that stuff. We didn't have DocuSigns back then, but like, I mean, like it's just on. Um, There's just so much going on. You have to, especially with like a big, with like a a well-established practice, you know, nine employees to begin with, um, you know, some of them had, had, you know, they they had retirement plans, they had medical benefits, you know. That's a lot of change management. So you have to learn everything instantly. You know, Mm -hmm. and that was, and that was very challenging. Again, luckily I still have the the owner doctor to kind of help me a little bit, you know, a a good amount with that, you know, but still it's, it's, it's on you, all the insurances you have to purchase. So I think it's, it's, there are challenges in buying an established practice because you have to make it seamless because as soon as you buy that practice in two weeks, everyone needs their payroll, everyone needs their (laughs) 401 k fulfilled, you know, everyone needs um, all that stuff and you're trying to do good dentistry and you're trying to, um, you know, learn marketing. And I, you know, it's just like, it, it's, it's crazy <laughs> and it's, and it's just, and it's still crazy and it's going to happen. And the thing is just going to build and build and build. You're going to, you know, get married, you have kids, you're going to buy a house and just, it doesn't matter. It does not stop. It does not slow down. Maybe eventually it will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Robert, was it your plan to buy like to become a practice owner or was it just an opportunity that presented itself? No it was
1: definitely a plan okay. uh, and I would have um started my own thing uh I definitely would have started my own thing if this was not going to happen because there was no guarantee that this was going to happen the, okay. the doctor was older but he had many associates before me and there was not a um yeah there was no guarantee at all we had no plan from the start that this was going to happen and what I really think happened was I I um you know at, at some point I think I started uh looking for other positions. And, um and I believe my, bo- my, my boss at the time kind of knew of these other people that I might've been um, looking to go to their offices and and maybe knew they were going to be retiring soon or something like that. So I think there was a little bit of a nudge in just the, the way the situation worked out. Um, but I was very happy to take over this practice.
0: So, you know, you think about that, that first you know, two weeks, right, and all the way to now. What, what would you say some of the evolving practices have become? What have you guys started to really do well that's sticking? Maybe that other practice owners can pick up off you guys.
1: Um, you know, I think it. I think if anything, it, it for for me personally, it just again, I, if you if you're not a if you're not a numbers person, if you're not a systems person. Um, because I'm not either of those things. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it me. I I do rely heavily on hard work, um, and I, and I rely on like patient uh, attention and satisfaction. So okay. I think that is another way to be successful. Because I mean, I uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I I see these these I see these lectures, these classes, these stuff you know, and people talking about you know, you have to have all your systems in place. That way, if somebody leaves, then they can you can plug someone else back in. I'm more of the, I don't want them to leave. You know, like mm-hmm. I need to make this place a a place where why would you want to leave? This isn't this is a fantastic job. You know, you've got a, I mean, uh, what I think is a, you know, a good boss. You know, good and and uh, just a great place to work. And then, um, yeah, and and I, th- that's that's kind of my approach. And same thing with the patients. You know, we have, uh, you know, we're fortunate to we're very very busy. We get, get a lot of word of mouth in addition to the cosmetic dentistry so um that's just sort of making yourself uh very appealing to, to people and then not having to worry about like numbers i mean i i mean the, the truth is i i don't have i don't have a goal i don't i don't have a a financial goal every month and i know you're a finance guys so you're probably like that sounds <laughs> uh but i don't uh, have yeah. a number um i don't have a, a set amount of new patients that i want to see um i just want to see that my that my patients are happy my schedule is full my employees are happy and and so far so good
0: yeah i mean yeah that's i mean that's your units of measurement and uh, part of it is playing the gut feeling game too do you kind of you know sense the culture see what's going on because the numbers could be good but your culture could be terrible yeah um and you you don't want that either so um but as you were building this thing out i'm thinking about uh, like your education through your undergrad you know, through dentistry, and then I'm looking at all this continuing education you do through uh, the Seattle Coi Center for Education. You know, it looks like you do a ton of CE. So, how has that transformed your ability to do? um, this cosmetic dentistry and build this practice And we were talking before we started, it got on, I know you don't just do cosmetic dentistry, but it seems to be something that you're pretty passionate and have a lot of drive for. So let's, let's touch on some of that education and help get you to where you are today on the, on the cosmetic side.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I get this question so often on, on Instagram, people just always ask me where to go. How did you learn this? How did you learn that? So, um, so yes, I went to, I went to the Quest center. So John Quest is just, Basically, like the guru of dentistry. I mean, he's he's just got um he's just very intelligent, does a lot of research, and um is just an incredible lecturer. However, um th- that combined with when I got out of dental school and I uh oh, sorry, when I started working here, I um immediately Took a class where you just bring a patient, and I was very fortunate because it was local to me. Um, okay, a patient, you can do ten veneers on them. So you you obviously have to bring your patient somewhere, and and um and it's more of a class like setting. You have doctors that are kind of hovering over you, and and they're helping you along with doing this veneer case. So it was nice. So I did the hands on stuff, and and you know you and and that was through a, a dental lab. Unfortunately, this is not available anymore, and mm-hmm. I don't and. I don't know. Um, I do think probably in different cities and different states, they do have something like this. But I think if you're trying to learn cosmetic dentistry, you know, to do a case and to have someone hover over you and to really walk you through the case would be the best possible thing. And I mean, that could be, you know, you, you know, asking a a doctor who's done it before, a a friend, colleague to, to like help you. You know, through this case or finding a course that, that would do this for you. But I think there's many ways to pull this off. So it, it's kind of nice to do that hands-on portion of it and have someone help you along with it. Um, and then the course Center is like this place where you learn um, all of the science behind it. So I felt that was very helpful for me to actually have some cases under my belt and then go over here because when they're talking about all these different concepts in your mind, you're like, okay, that makes so much sense now. It's not like it's not like you're just imagining, you know, like, okay, so I'm preparing all the teeth and I'm trying to imagine what 10 teeth is like, you know, it's <laughs> like, you're, no, you've done it before. And you're looking and you're thinking to yourself, like, that's why that didn't go so smooth. Oh, I should have done that, you know, better. And, you know, sure your case turned out fine, but now you, anyway, the learning experience is better, but the Koi center, it's a, it's a whole um, it's, it's just a whole stream of, of courses that talk to you about everything in dentistry. Um, And what's great about it is, is, I mean, you're going to learn everything from, um, you know, just, just meeting patients and treatment planning them, you know, figuring out, um, you know, a good systematic way to, to uh, assess them and to come up with plans for them. And then all of the science behind, uh, you know, their, their gums, their periodontal uh, issues, their, you know, their dental issues, their restorative issues, but basically it's, it's just everything I consider graduate school for dentists they go over all of the materials and they actually pare down all the materials that you have in your office so what happens is when you get out of school you know you either use what they told you to use in dental school which may have been just products that are you know the 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 reps brought in and then and then you're you have reps who just show up at your office all the time they're like hey try this we're doing this now we're doing that now and then before you know it you're using all these products and you have no clue like are they really good you know because just somebody who has not been in dentistry that long has told you to use it you know right anyway so you go to the Quest Center and he's got all the science there of like this is why you need to use this cement this is exactly the technique mm-hmm. you need to use in this situation and again this is the science that that backs it up so it makes all of your uh dental work very sort of uh predictable of exactly what you're going to do um not i'm gonna I'm gonna try this material for this situation. I'm gonna try that that material. like you know exactly what you're doing. and and then over the years, you realize like, wow, this has worked really well, has been very stable, and you don't need to veer from it.
0: That's interesting. I mean, it's probably a thing that people might skip over a little bit is all the different products or solutions to help with cosmetic dentistry can can be wide ranging uh, naturally. and that, that, that's interesting that you have kind of a set system. I'm like, here's what we're going to use. This is why I like that. That, that that's a pretty interesting connection there. Do, do you see that? That's a pretty common thing, or I would see that it's probably more of a wide variety at a lot of dental offices. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I do see it. I, I do
1: see. Um, yeah, it's funny cause I, 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 I've seen people, you know, they, they show their, their back rooms, you know, their, 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 whatever storage closets, and they're, they're, they're beautifully organized, but they're huge. And they've got like 10 different cements and and all this stuff. And they're, you know, they're, they're showing a video of it and how amazing it is. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, why? Like that's, that's too much stuff, you know, like half of that stuff is going to expire. Like, do you really think that these three are better than those three, you know, and why wouldn't one be better than all of those ones or just a couple anyway? So, so I, I do see that stuff sometimes and I'm thinking, yes, it, it, it probably should be pared down because then also, I mean, you're going to gain the experience with the material. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about knowing about having a feel for exactly how much time you have before that cement sets for exactly how thick that, that material is going to be. So when you put your crown or your veneer on it, you don't, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like you have to develop a familiarity with the material, not just say this is best because the studies show this, like it takes time to actually like get used to that material. You know, I, I feel like dentistry lately, I've been feeling like dentistry is like music. It's like, it's, it's like mm-hmm. you can, um, you know, you can, you can read off of the music sheet, you know, and you could be going through the motions, but at some point you really get a flow, especially with these cosmetic cases, cause they, they're so long and, um, and there's so many little uh like the the veneers don't always slip in easily no you might have a patient who starts bleeding on you you might have there's so many little things that can be thrown at you and again it's like playing music because you just respond to it and you just change what you're doing and in the end you get a great result but the path to there was you know could be smooth or not smooth
0: (laughs) speaking of music and when i was reading through your profile by the way i appreciate you know that's You could tell that you have a passion for this, by the way, right? Like the way you talk about it. And I think that's great advice just to reflect on what you just said, by the way, on having a feel. You actually reminded me of more of like a mechanic, right? A mechanic knows exactly the tools he or she's going to use. Like they know they have a feel for everything. Um, And having a feel for the products you guys are using is important. And yeah. so I think that's a, that's an extremely good point. And you mentioned music. I'm pretty sure I was reading through that. You'd like to do DJ. you, you like yeah. to DJ. <laughs> so yeah. I was just curious, like, what, what, is that? Is that uh, you like your little pastime? You like to go home and, and, you know, mix up so some I started,
1: music. I, I started DJing when, I don't know, maybe like sophomore year of high school. And um, you know, the Bay area is like this, this, like, everybody's a dj in the bay Area, at least oh my gosh i grew up i mean there, are not everybody there are a lot of djs but anyway I, I started djing when i was in in high school and um and yeah i had like a, a a manager and stuff and and we had this like group of friends and and we would go and we would dj weddings and we would dj all the high school nice, and, and nice. And stuff and yeah we dj so much stuff it was it was so fun it was like the best job ever um yeah, and i think that helped out a lot too because at a young age like you have to like my manager taught us to like MC a, a party or something like that, or <laughs> to host a wedding. And I mean, we'd show up and, you know, it's like people are getting married, you know, they might be in their like late twenties or some 30 years old or something. And you'd have like a 17 year old show up to to DJ their wedding. And they're like, Oh my God, like this is not going to go well. And then it would be great. Cause I don't know, we, had, we just had experience in it. And then I ended up uh, with a buddy of mine. We had our own little business, um, in college, the, and yeah, we, we DJ for a long time. So now, yes, I don't, I mean, I, I probably, probably like two or three years ago, I still DJed a, a wedding here, you know, here or there or something or, or helped that one. Um, but yeah, I just have equipment set up in my house and I'll just play from time to time. Not, not nearly as much as I would like to. Um, but yeah, I love music and, and, um, I, I like actively try to try to listen for, for new music and stuff and just stay on top of it.
0: No, that uh, I love that. That's a, usually I get somebody who's like, yeah, you know, big golf guy, big, big, whatever sports person. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you're rocking the DJ booth. I love that. That's awesome. So, you know, I, one, one thing I kind of want to wrap my head around and help the listeners understand is your, this artistic side of the, of the cosmetic dentistry, where do you, where does your real passion come from from that? Is it just, that's the piece you enjoy the most is seeing, you know, the finished product, the happy patient. Tell, tell us a little about that and where that passion comes from. Um, I mean, I, I just,
1: I love it. I love doing, I love doing it. I love the end result. I just like the, um, I don't know I just, I just like what we get, like you creating a, creating a beautiful smile, creating a smile that fits in the lips that, that looks like it belongs to the patient that really boosts and enhance the smile. Um, And that's that is what I'm into, you know, like just just making something very pretty. It's funny because I I I kind of realized this when you know people started asking me like, how come you didn't suggest Botox for for the patient because they have thin lips? And I'm thinking to myself like, I I don't care. I didn't even think about that at all. Like I'm just so into those teeth and making them look like they belong for this patient. And I guess yeah, that does make sense. Like sure they have thin lips. I guess we I guess I could have suggested that, but like that is just I don't know. That's just, that's just what I'm into. Just trying to make it prettier, make it more realistic, make it fit what the patient is, is looking for. And it's just, it's projects. Everything is every one of these things is a project. And I feel like very fortunate that I have a job like this where it's not um, where, where it's like you, it's like every day, you're going into a new uh, you know, again, new project. And, and things they take a while, you know, it's like from the time I meet someone to the time they're finished with their veneers it might be like five weeks before you know or something like that um so each person you know like you're very focused on them for that five week period of time um but but anyway yeah that, that, I, I think the artistry stuff it's just um it, it, it's fun you know i don't know maybe it's maybe there's some like relaxation or meditative <laughs> state that goes into it but i, I love doing it
0: yeah you, 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 you know that's just called uh Living, uh, living in the flow, right? The lifestyle of your flow there, because when you get into that moment, it, it, you're just dialed into that, like, uh, like an adrenaline athlete. They're in the flow there. So, yeah, I think I, it's
1: also uh, one of these things where, like,
0: every step of the way, you,
1: you know, you're meeting a patient. You know, when you're first, when you're first learning to do, um, when you're first trying to do these cases, it's like you forget stuff. You're awkward. You, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you don't have the confidence because. You don't have as many cases under your belt, you know? Right. Um, And then, so that's just the meeting part of it. And then there's like the, you know, gathering all of the records and doing the design part. Then there's the actual working on the teeth. And then there's the cementation of the veneers. So every one of these things, you can get better and better and better at. And I feel like I get some joy in that when, when each step of the process goes smoother and smoother and I'm able to relay the proper information to the patient. So... Uh, I don't know it's just it's always something that you that you're um, uh, getting better and better at and there's so many steps along the the way that you can continue to build on so um, yeah yeah I, I don't know I mean to to me I, I kind of equate it to like like I don't know Have you seen the movie Jiro Dreams of Sushi that uh, it's like yeah you got to check this movie out. I think it's a <laughs> bit older but basically it's like a guy who does you know he's he's really you know he's a, he's a, su- a sushi chef chef and I mean, this is all he does. It's a craft that he does, and he's built it up and built it up and built it up to get better and better until he's become like this master at it. But um, yeah,
0: check it out. <laughs> you know, it, I don't draw too many lines between finance and dentistry, but it's interesting because it, the the mode that you're in and the way you talk about it reminds me of like every. You know people ask me is like do you feel like uh, your job is redundant no it's not because every client is different their financial there's no cookie cutter approach to each person's financial situation and and the same with this cosmetic dentistry piece like this is a new project it's a new it's a new person there's different emotions it's I'm trying to help them in a specific way you know yes I might do another veneer but it's not another veneer this is a new an entirely new process right so I can see how yeah, yeah. you enjoy doing that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with
1: you. I mean, that, that to me, just, just like it nailed it. I'm, I'm sure for you, you know, you've, you've got to approach people entirely differently, you know, and mm-hmm. you probably learned that pretty early on when in meeting them of, of the way that you need to help this person versus, versus the previous person and um, same thing here.
0: And uh so kind of kind of wrapping this up, this has been very helpful, by the way, sharing your you know, knowledge and insight on this and how you run your practice. I, I, I'm curious, I know you probably don't have it written down because you say they don't write down the goal. I'm just kind of messing with you. But I'm curious, where's the um like where's the vision for you, Robert? What are you thinking next? You know, is there a specific goal that you think about with your practice? Uh might be a personal goal, but I'm just curious where where's Robert going next?
1: You know, uh, that's that's um I I'm st- I'm trying to figure that out, you know, cause I, I, I have three kids and um and I, I spend a lot of time here in the office. So my goal is probably to even is to is to be home a little bit more even, and I'm not sure if that means tapering off of the, of any general, of general patients at all. So that, so that I, cause I, we have enough cosmetic patients to where that, you know, where, where maybe I focus on that and then I can spend more time, you know, with, with family at the same time, I struggle with the fact that, like I said, I've got patients I've been here for four years and I love the relationship that I've, that I've had right. with patients. So it is a bit of a struggle and like catching me right now. I don't have an answer for that, but it's definitely something that I've been thinking about pretty, pretty heavily. Um, so it's not, yeah, I, I don't have like any goals of multiple of opening multiple practices or I don't know, you know, it, but I, I like what I do. I like focusing on each, on each uh, patient and giving each, each patient, when I'm with them, you know, as much attention and, and thought as I as I can. Um, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes.
0: Do you, uh, for the people listening, um, are you open to them reaching out? Maybe it's through Instagram. What would you say the best way to get a hold of you, Rob, or, or connect with you and see the work that you're doing? Is and maybe they have some, con- you know, continued questions from this podcast and and more ideas or strategies that they want to share.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is probably the best way. I do. I, I mean, I almost. I don't want to say this because. Like, I yeah. I have people shadow from time to time. Um. In the office and. Um. But I. I, I don't know. I'm, I. I don't know how many people are going to see this, but but um. It, but yes, I mean that that sometimes is, is is an option. Uh. To to watch a case and. Uh, but if anything, you know, just 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 dropping questions in. I can't always get to them. I get I get a, a good amount of them. Um. But. But from time to time, I do like Q and As, and and I okay. like to hit a lot of questions at once. Or if I get a bunch of the same question, then I'll just post something about it. So, um, but yeah, Instagram is definitely the easiest way to get a hold of me.
0: What is your Instagram handle?
1: Um, at Doctor Soto.
0: Okay, and we'll we'll also put that in uh, the show notes as well, so if people want to jump in there. Uh, but you know, any, any last words? Anything else you want to share as we kind of wrap this up?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. This is the finance podcast. I don't think I gave a lot of good financial, <laughs> <experience>. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I hope everybody else, you know, um, uh, it enjoyed this, and and I think just going back to that one thing, you know, if you're if you are newer and starting out, and if you have the opportunity to practice at a at a practice that's um, that's what you want to do in the future, you know, stick with that practice. Um, and I do think like financially, sometimes that practice, you know, might not be the most lucrative one initially when you're an associate, um, because you know you could be thrown into an office where they just have a lot of doctors that they're just sort of flipping through and they can put a ton of fillings in your, in your uh, schedule. However, like an office like mine where, and and I know many others where the main doctor is like the attraction um, it's hard for the associate to get a lot of patients right away. People are unwilling to see them. So initially they may have to twiddle their thumbs a little bit and they may not be making enough you know, they may not be making as much at at some other office, but this would be the office that they could learn at. And within time, probably not even too long, they'll establish those relationships with the patient and and their schedule will get busier. So anyway, long story, be patient, okay, be patient and and try to stick with the practice that that's, you know, going towards where you want to go.
0: Well, I think that's a, a very valid point. Um, that it's always not about, it's not always about the money up front. And if you can learn and gain that experience of the office and type of dentistry that you want to practice, that's, I think that's a great way to finish good, solid advice for the young dental entrepreneurs out there. Uh, Dr. Robert Soto from San Fran, thanks for joining us. And we really appreciate your time today. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Bridge Dental Podcast listeners, there you have it. Dr. Robert Soto, we'll connect you with him uh, via Instagram. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to the next one.